Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Each week, we bring you inspiring person or a message to unlock your true grit. Today's guest is Curtis Jackson of Jackson Strength. Curtis and I talk plyometrics, fitness, conditioning, and also strength training. Curtis is a former pro volleyball player, and him and I have a phenomenal talk on nutrition, sleep, recovery, fitness, and strength. Stay tuned. All right, Curtis Jackson, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Oh, dude. <laughs> Loving your guys' podcast with you and your wife. Nice. Tell us a little bit about yourself other than Jackson Strength. Well, father, you know, father, husband is probably the most important thing. Two boys, three and five. So figuring that whole thing out, which is a never ending uh, process. Um, (laughs) And so former uh, professional volleyball player, collegiate volleyball player, and um, always a banged up, injured athlete. So that's kind of where this whole thing started, Jackson Strength. Kind of where my passion lies is, um, you know, keeping youth athletes healthy and, you know, keeping people fired up to, to be active. You know, I got to the point Absolutely. where injuries, you know, ruined my fire for uh, for activity and, you know, when, when, when working out or running or doing anything hurts yeah. your body, you know, you can lose your fire for it really quick. So, you know, now that I'm back, I, I love being active. I do a lot of Olympic lifting. I do a lot of aerobic capacity work, like timed runs and stuff. And I just like being active. And we live part of the time up in Montana, so I'm a big hunter. Provide most of the uh, most of the meat for my family. We still have to supplement some stuff, so I haven't got to the point where I'm able to get us through the entire year. But um, yeah, I just love getting in the outdoors. Love spending time with my family. I love spending time with the athletes here at the gym. They're just all amazing people. And, yeah. So, yeah, I keep things kind of me in a nutshell for the most part. Right. So I know that you said you touched on injuries and yeah. how that kind of takes the fire out of you. Mm-hmm. I've had two back surgeries, yeah. and I had them fairly young where, you know, like myself and yourself or other athletes, we're not educated on it. So you just listen to doctors. And right. they say, oh, surgery. Yeah. Okay, this is yeah. what I need to do. Yeah. And then you do your surgery. You know, there's not enough research in whatever. Therefore, you start to work out and train like mm-hmm. you used to. Yeah, yeah. And boom, there you go. You get hurt again. And that's what <laughs> happened with me. Yeah. Would you, is that what happened with you, with your knee injuries? You know, mine was a slow progression over time. I uh, started when I was about 17 years old. I just started getting knee jumpers, knee, you know, tendonitis. Yeah. And looking back on it, I just wasn't strong enough, you know. Right. I, was, I was naturally a, a gifted jumper and athletic, but my body was not strong enough to handle the impact or the, uh, you know, the extreme forces that go through your body when you're jumping high and you're not very strong. So with me, it was just started at 17, never really went away ended up with you know there's obviously some biomechanical stuff going on there because ended up with two knee surgeries just torn cartilage and other stuff happening but from there it was just always battling tendonitis uh jumpers knee i mean men's volleyball is a very small group so everyone knew me as the the guy that just had the worst knees ever you know so for me, it eventually got to the point where I was almost forced to, I was forced to find my own cure. I had just 
been through every trainer. Um, there's a couple of physical therapists that helped me a lot along the way, but for the most part, never able to get over it. And so it kind of led me to be like, I never bought that as, okay, I'm, I'm unfixable, you know? Right. So it led me to uh, eventually become a kinesiology major uh, right. and to learn about it. And then also postgraduate to really seek out my own answers and not be okay with, okay, you're just going to be screwed with knee pain for the rest of your life because I want to be active and I want to do stuff. So, right. you know, me just getting educated and I think that's what anybody's got to do that is going to a doctor or uh, them telling them, hey, you, you know, you've got to have surgery or, you know, you've got to adjust your training and then learn about that stuff because in the end it's our own responsibility you know we can't be going to a physical therapist for the rest of our lives it's not feasible yeah um, so you know we've got to take matters into our own hands which i think you know if you talk you know me versus a lot of people um you know it's kind of a core thing about me that i'm really glad i have is that I've, never, I've always taken my own responsibility into my own hands and i've taken my health into my own hands and it's not that I have a, a degree from some crazy college that, you know, you need uh, $300,000 to go to. I just spend a lot of time researching and a lot of time reading because my body is my biggest passion. And then I'm able to take what I've learned and then distribute that amongst the people, people that listen to the podcast, the people that are listening today, all my clients, all my athletes, all of their parents, yeah. whoever wants to know almost like... You know, you get me started and I will talk about this stuff forever. Absolutely. Because I love it and I just, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I know are suffering through chronic pain. And it's, it's, it's a mild depression. You've been through back pain. I mean, oh. it, it, it ruins your life to some degree. And uh, no one should have to live life like that. Yeah. People tell me all the time that I was nuts for working out still and what mm -hmm. I do. And I literally work out six days a week, sometimes two a days. It's just a passion. It's a priority. Yeah. And I feel better stretching working out doing yoga right whether it's crossfit whether it's uh strength training plyometrics calisthenics if i'm doing something at the end of the day i feel good yeah and i mean i get banged up a little bit from doing olympic lifts yeah. and i do i do crossfit and that's part of my regimen i do crossfit style workouts when i'm not going to a box and i'll do my own thing but in the end i'd rather take a few bumps and bruises and my like knee might be aching because i was squatting too fast or whatever and not paying right. attention to my form because at the end of the day it makes me get it on the foam roller it makes me do my stretches so although some of those things might bang me up a little bit I'm also doing way more good for my body because I'm doing all those other beneficial things because I feel like an athlete I feel like I should be doing those yes. things to maintain my health so it gets me doing the right things gets me eating better and Movement is life, you know. You never Absolutely. drink out. You never drink out of a stale pond, you know. But a, a bubbling brook that has, you know, you you're like, oh, that kind of looks good, you know. Because movement, <laughs> circulation, you know, most people sit all day, you know. Yeah. It just crushes people, and no one feels good from sitting, you know. And so movement is movement is life to me. As soon as you stop moving, that means you're dead, you know. So I just kind of look at it that way. Is like I'm just gonna keep moving and keep going and keep learning, and I'm, you know, I don't plan on slowing down anytime soon so you just gotta have you just gotta have mentors like there's a guy named Don Wildman that I love and he's like 74 look him up for you know okay. he's still he's still crushing he like he kind of hangs out with like Laird Hamilton and a lot of those like crazy guys that are just yeah. out there and just physical specimens and he's crushing guys that are like 30 years his age on mountain bike runs and see yeah you know it's just kind of like keep looking up as as I get older I gotta kind of find older and older and then hang out with young people have mentors that are older and then hang out with young people that yeah. that kind of keep pushing you as well so absolutely yeah 
So did your workouts change from college to becoming like a pro athlete or did they kind of stay the same or are they definitely completely different now? Very different. Well, yeah. So there's, I guess, the three probably main phases of my lifting career was right. the college lifting. Then there was the professional, you know, lifting to keep my body, you know, healthy. And then there's what I do now. So the college lifting is very similar to what a lot of colleges are still doing. It's very Olympic lift oriented, okay. which, um, you know, as I got out of college, I, I, I pretty much dropped all those, t- all those, those all together when I was playing professionally. Okay. Um, I personally feel like that is a sport in and of itself. And it does kind of harm the body to some degree. It's very violent. It's very explosive. Yeah. And it can bang you up a little bit. I've never um, was into it. <laughs> never was into it. And so I didn't feel like when you're traveling across the world and across the country playing all the time, I, I was doing much more of a restorative type of lifting when I was um, playing professionally. Pro? Yeah. And then now that I don't have to always um, at my best, I can now, I'm going back to the Olympic lifts because I just love them. I think they're fun. They keep me engaged. They present challenges to me as far as my mobility and um, my explosiveness and just getting stronger all around to be able to complete those. So I like them again now for what I do because of that. It makes me feel like I'm still doing a sport and that I'm an athlete. But I did definitely go away from them when I was just trying to more take care of my body, stay strong, stay healthy feel good while playing right because I never felt like they really did contribute that much to my vertical jump what I did always feel like helped my vertical jump was just straight weightlifting squatting you know deadlifting doing all those things which is typical of more kind of fast twitch type athletes you don't which I was blessed you know to be a fairly fast twitch athlete you don't really need to do anything crazy with those with them you just keep them strong like don't screw them up you know right (laughs) so so I was listening I believe it was episode 41 on your guys's podcast with Uh your wife yeah and you guys were talking about plyometrics Mm -hmm. and how certain athletes kind of are working out wrong so like for instance like you actually mentioned like a basketball player right my son is a basketball player he's 10 years old yeah he practices with his club team we're practicing twice a week you know he's at least got one or two days of skill training with myself or he goes and sees another skill trainer by the name of ryan razuki or he goes and sees jordan lolly Oh, cool. Yeah. Actually, I actually did a lesson with Jordan myself. Dude, Jordan and I... When I was like 37. Oh, nice. Jordan and I are really good friends. <laughs> well, we I go and see... Oh, Will. That's Shout funny. out to Jordan Lolly, yeah, guys. Shout yeah, he Jordan might not Lally. remember. We did it right over here. I was like, dude, I want to... Like, I was a basketball player. I want to, like, work on some of my skills. Yeah. yeah he was cool. Yeah, yeah right so we on. go all the way up to Irvine and see him all the time. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, you know, we go and train with him. And then we go to a place similar to this. Um, Alex Jackson and okay. we go to AJ's and we go work out he does his fitness stuff and then him and I will go run once a week we'll do about a mile run up a hill mm-hmm. sprint from telephone to telephone pole and right, then we'll right. do a couple of jumping workouts gotcha I'm listening to your podcast and you're like don't do that they get enough <laughs> with basketball they get enough with this and that yeah yeah so and I was just like oh my gosh I'm doing yeah. a disservice to my own son even as a trainer right so that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to come talk to you. Yeah. What what should parents like myself or other trainers have kids that are probably consumed into basketball mm-hmm. or consumed into volleyball? What should their strength training be to uplift their vertical? 
Yeah, you know, and this is, you know, there's no straightforward answers in this strength and conditioning thing. And, you know, I like to see 10-year-old kids that are, you know, playing multiple sports and still doing a lot of things. Yeah. You know, that's a little bit different. You're developing a nervous system still at that age. So being able to have good reactive forces to absorb force and quickly change direction like plyometrics do is a very valuable skill to learn at that age. So like for instance, my kids all the time from a very young age, I had them jumping off stuff, very high things. So my kid, like my three-year-old can jump off that desk, which is, you guys aren't here watching, but that's a very high desk. That's like three and a half, four feet tall, maybe yeah. maybe four and a half feet tall. But he can jump off that and land oh. because I just had him jumping off stuff because I want him to learn how to absorb force. My kids do that all yeah, the time. Yeah, like monkeys. Go. Good, good, good. And so, you know, I love to see young kids doing plyometrics that come naturally in their own environment, jumping off stuff. Like I love parkour. Like Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like stuff like that where ninja they are stuff. jumping, ninja stuff like that. You're developing a nervous system. So now let's fast forward maybe eight years, seven years, and you've got a 17-year-old that has already decided, hey, I'm specializing in basketball. I'm a basketball player. I'm not doing anything else. I'm not doing parkour and jump rope and you know tag and hide and go seek and you know jumping off roofs with my friends anymore. I am a basketball player. Should I be? And I play year-round. You know, and then you have start worrying about you know breaking athletes down when you add in a course of plyometrics. Right. Now, what I was kind of alluding to in that podcast is a lot of trainers go backwards with that stuff. They will start with plyometrics only, yeah. only, and then the you know the, the strength training is kind of a secondary thing where. You know, one of my best mentors, Joe DeFranco, you know, he laid it out very simple for us. And it was basically if, you know, if the whole athletic performance uh, is a pyramid, the entire, you know, all the qualities and speed and power is the very top. You can only go as high with that pyramid as you can go wide with the base. And that base is strength training. You know, the stronger you get somebody, the higher you can build that eventual pyramid of athletic performance. And I have found that to be true 100%. I love that analogy. That's right. And so... And when you think about it from an injury prevention standpoint, the stronger you get a kid, the more resistant to injury they are, the more time they're going to practice, then you can really get them to these advanced plyometric things. So I love plyometrics. I just think that in a lot of cases, they're being applied the wrong way and we could do a lot less of them as the youth population, which you're already seeing at just 10 years old. I'm sure it's crazy probably, um, you know, how much they're playing and how much they're being pulled in so many directions when they're already doing so much of that jumping, sprinting, you know, all that stuff over and over and over again. And then you, um, you know, you do that six days a week and then you come in for your workout and then you do like another hour of it. Eventually that stuff's gonna catch up if you don't have the strength to absorb all those forces. So, so for instance, like a, like a 10 year old or a 12 year old, you know, you don't really want them doing weight training, I would say, um, not a whole heck of a lot at least. Right. So what do you think of like, would you put them more through strength training with like maybe pulling a sled oh, yeah. or like the bungees where like you got them strapped in like on a harness and they're trying to run and that's strength training because they're using their own body weight. Sure. What else? Oh, the battle ropes, stuff like that. Yeah. Because I, mean, I do have my son do those stuff and, and I think that's huge. All that stuff is good, you know, and you know, I, I think what you're really looking at when you're, you know, body weight stuff and kids is amazing. I mean, you know, kids should be able to do push-ups and they should oh, be yeah. able to be doing pull-ups. You know, these are just things that you know, are just fundamental things that every, I think every kid should be able to kind of do, you know? Absolutely. And so, and these aren't things that put direct pressure on the spine. 
you know, right. and that's what we really don't love at a young age is loading up the spine. And so putting like a barbell on the back of a, you know, a really young kid is in my opinion, not a, not a great idea, but there's tons of stuff. Like we had an eight year old in here yesterday and he spent the whole time, like they were, they were, they were doing like sprints on the turf. They were bear crawling. A lot of these primal movements, like wrestling is really good for that type of stuff because it just teaches body awareness, all that type of stuff, coordination, crawling on the floor, bear crawls, a lot of that type of stuff's really good. Push-ups, pull-ups. You know, teaching stability in a squat. A lot of kids you'll just throw out there and you'll see them, hey, yeah. squat for me. And all of a sudden they just drop down, no control, and their knees buckle in, their knees are wobbling all over the place. And so just teaching them like form. stability, form. Yeah, and then you body start weight. to, then you watch them out on the court and all of a sudden you're like, wow, that kid's base is a lot stronger now, you know? Right. Then they can take that functional like, strength and then you're seeing it, then they can apply it on the court. So, and that's also what I address in that plyometrics podcast is, we work strength in here. Right. And then they go out and they work the plyometrics on their own. And then right. they come back in here. We work more strength. And then they go do the plyometrics right. in their sport. So we don't need to do it, especially when you only see a kid. We average about six times a month. That's with our, you know, with our athletes. It's not a ton. It's enough to get results. But I don't want to spend any of that time, if I don't have to, on plyometrics and stuff like that. Now, we do have athletes that are strong now and we can do mostly plyometrics with them. At right. some point, you can do that too. We have a girl right now, she's a defensive specialist. She doesn't jump, she doesn't hammer her body nearly as much, so we do a lot of plyometrics with her. She needs more foot speed, you know? So it's always, uh, you know, I've just been doing this so long, there's always a gray area, there's always, uh, you know, circumstances revolving right. around this. You can't just say blanket statement, a girl's volleyball player should not be doing plyometrics in season. Absolutely. Because you have positions, like a libero defense right. specialist that never jump, that need more foot speed. Right. So, yeah, we could go on a long time. <laughs> People ask me questions. I'm like, okay, let me, uh, first of all, let me just say this will not be a direct answer. <laughs> There's a lot of caveats that go with a lot of these questions. So.